0: Welcome to Hevray Connect. I'm Zach Garber, your host and a current Hevray member. In this podcast, you will get the opportunity to learn about the incredible Cabinet Young Leadership Program. We will explore the stories of fellow Cabinet members, alumni of the program, and educational series about the Jewish Federations. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and local Jewish Federation. Enjoy. Just to be-
1: Cabinet, for me, was absolutely life-changing. I would not be where I am today were it not for what I learned and the people I met in Cabinet, the skills I developed, and the way it opened up the broader world to me. I carry on my shoulders the history of anti-Semitism, 2,000 years worth of history. I carry that on my shoulders every day. That is that's something that I feel an obligation to address for generation after generation after generation of Jewish people who had to confront anti-Semitism.
0: Today, I'm excited and honored to have a alumni of Cabinet, one of our fellow Hevre on the Podcast. I have Representative Kathy Manning from the great state of North Carolina joining us, and we're going to talk about her cabinet experience, how she is still involved in the Jewish community, and what the cabinet program meant on her leadership journey and how that still continues to this day. So Representative Manning, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I think a great starting point would be just to learn a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the current position that you're in.
1: Okay, well, first of all, it's great to be with you, and hello to all the current cabinet members, past cabinet members, and future cabinet members, anybody who happens to be listening to the podcast. Uh, my background, I grew up in the Detroit area, grew up in a very active uh, Jewish family and in a very vibrant Jewish community. The Detroit Jewish community is a very vibrant community and interconnected community. Went away to college, and my my parents actually took us on a Federation family trip to Israel when I was in college, which was my first trip to Israel. It had a huge impact on me because seeing Israel all those years ago, what they had accomplished— in what at that time was a very short life was just miraculous and I I guess I kind of fell in love with the country then. I wasn't particularly uh, active in Jewish events when I was in college or when I was in law school uh, but my husband met my husband in law school. We practiced law in Washington DC for about six years then moved to his hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, when we moved there, shortly after we moved there, we got a call from a woman who asked if we would like to join our Federation Young Leadership Program. I was working in a big law firm but didn't know very many people, Didn't wasn't quite sure what a Young Leadership Program was, but figured it would be a great way to make friends. So we did uh, join their Young Leadership Program Two things we did in that leadership group, actually three things. Number one, we met and became friendly with the people who to this day are our closest friends. They were all young couples that were just having children, building careers. It was just a wonderful group of people. Second thing we did, we went to the Young Leadership Washington conference where we first heard about um, what was called Operation Exodus, which was a national campaign campaign to raise the money to help the Russian Jews uh, make aliyah, or either go to Israel or come to the U.S., and we heard from a woman named Marina Furman, who was extraordinary, and how she explained what the what was the Soviet Jews, what the Soviet Jews were going through, and I was so moved by what she said that when we went home the next day, I uh, volunteered to help with our local federation. Operation Exodus campaign. I ended up co-chairing the campaign. It was extremely successful. And because of our success, my co-chair and I were given Young Leadership Awards and, and asked to join the National Young Leadership Cabinet. So that's how I got to Cabinet. And the third thing we did, of course, in our Young Leadership Group was take a Young Leadership trip back to Israel, cementing my strong feeling for the state of Israel. So at the time that I was doing, I became more and more involved in the Jewish community locally and nationally. I was also a practicing lawyer raising kids and worked my way up the the Jewish Federation system and eventually became the first woman to be the treasurer of the national system, the chair of the executive committee, and then the chair of the board of Jewish Federations of North America. So that that those jobs had me traveling across the country meeting with federations, boards, fundraising, and, and of course, around the world meeting with Jewish communities. So I became pretty knowledgeable about international issues, about how the things that we did in our federation system could impact a global the global Jewish community. And um, I just got, I got a lot of experience through Cabinet on fundraising, on public speaking, on so many of the issues that have stood me in good stead once I finally decided to run for Congress. Uh, The other thing that I did was I was very involved in my local community and led a lot of non-Jewish charitable organizations involving education and social welfare issues. And I led the effort to build a new performing arts center. Uh, which is this spectacular state-of-the-art 3,000-seat Performing Arts Center in Greensboro. So through all of those things, I developed lots of uh, important skills and got to know lots of different people. So many years later, I was actually called and asked to run for Congress at a time when I was very concerned about the direction that our government was going and decided, to, after agonizing over it, decided to run. And uh, Lost my first r- race. I was in a, re- running in a Republican district, but made the race a toss-up. And when we had redistricting in North Carolina, uh, I was asked to run again, and uh, and I did. And that time I won. And that's how I end up where I am today. S-
0: so there's a lot of information that I'm very excited to jump into. But you know, the world is ever changing. I was just curious, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face today professionally and you're also seeing in the Jewish community?
1: So I guess the biggest challenge, a couple, I'll talk about Congress. Some of the challenges are, number one, figuring out how you get things done because Congress is a big, complex organization with um, lots of traditional ways of doing things. And it's been, we're also living in a time when there are such enormous divisions, and getting to know people on a bipartisan basis is difficult. Working across the aisle is difficult. So, trying to figure out who you can work with and how you can get things done is is challenging. I lived through the uh, January sixth insurrection. I was caught in the House gallery, uh, where I won't go into the entire story, but. That was a that was my third day in Congress. And that really showed me in a very dramatic way how divided things are in our country and also how divided they are among members of Congress, many of whom got up and continued to dispute the the uh, certification of the election, even after we had been literally under assault in the Capitol. So figuring out how to get things done, figuring out how to work with people has been pretty challenging in Congress. The other thing I'll say is challenging is being a member of Congress is really hard work. It's three different jobs. It's trying to do your job in Congress and and getting bills passed and getting amendments done and working with people, that's, job, that's one part of the job. Second part of the job is being effective when you're home in your district, getting out and meeting with people, understanding all the issues that people are facing with, that the people are faced with and the business they're dealing with and trying to make sure that you're helping people address those issues. And then the third component is fundraising because elections require a lot of money. And it just requires constant fundraising. So any one of those jobs could be a full time job. When you combine the three of them, it's exhausting and it is very hard on congressional spouses and congressional families.
0: You mentioned that there are a lot of corollaries behind what you're doing in the political world and what you've done in the Jewish world. Uh, Cabinet is a leadership program that's national, and also people are involved in their local federation, and they're growing as leaders. What are some of the qualities that you think make a great leader and also have helped you work with people from different communities, whether it be locally, nationally, on the various fronts that you were just talking about?
1: In order to be a good leader, I think you have to be a good listener. You have to be able to Listen to what people are saying to understand how they feel about different issues. I found early on I could learn from absolutely everyone I talk to or work with. From some people, you learn what not to do, but that's equally important. So number one, being a good listener. The second thing I think you need to do is know what your core values are and and understand that Although when you are in leadership position, compromise is critical, you still have to understand what are the fundamental values that you care deeply about that you're going to stick with no matter, even when compromise is required, what are the things that you're not going to give up on? The third thing uh, that you have to do if you're going to be a leader is um, understand which skills are required. And I used to say when I was doing federation work. Understand finance, understand the finances and the fundraising that are necessary to allow the federations to operate successfully, whether it's at the local level, the national level or the international level. Don't be afraid to dig in the details of of finance, of of the money. And that's critically important in Congress as well, whether it's what you need to, to, to raise to run your election or what the federal government spends and how do you prioritize where you, spend, where you spend the money.
0: So a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are either in cabinet or considering doing the cabinet program. You mentioned uh, kind of high level, some of the things in your cabinet experience. Can you share maybe some specific highlights of cabinet and how those experience helped shape you as a leader?
1: I had an extraordinary experience on cabinet. I met people that were lifelong friends. And in fact, to be perfectly honest, so many of the people I go to for my congressional fundraising are people I got to know on cabinet across the country. It's an extraordinary network and they're people who understand when you ask them for money that you're not doing something mean or nasty, they understand giving. They're also people with whom you share values. So so it's easy for me to go to my cabinet friends from across the country because they know what my values are. I know what their values are. We have so much in common. The the second thing I learned in cabinet was so much more about Judaism and the depth and beauty of Judaism and and what it means to to be actively Jewish. I learned prayers and rituals that I didn't learn growing up that stood me in good stead when we sent our kids to Jewish day school. I learned in cabinet how to fundraise. And uh, Vicki Agron, I will give her a shout out. She taught us fundraising in cabinet. And boy, did I, uh, I never understood how much that would come in handy. I also learned so much about Israel and the global Jewish community, because we took lots of trips to Israel we helped, We learned about the importance of helping Jews all around the world. And I learned about what the Jewish agency does and what the JDC does and how they can work hand in hand to address needs around the world.
0: Given all your responsibilities today, why are you still actively involved in the Jewish community, and why is it important to be a proud, outspoken Jew? You mentioned that you have kids that went to Jewish day school, obviously, and and you'd even mentioned that in college you weren't that involved, but that it's become such an important part of your identity. Why is that so essential to who you are?
1: Being Jewish is just fundamental to my value system. My What I What I've learned in Judaism and what I express every day, those are the values that lead me in my decision making, in the things I do in Congress, in the way I try to conduct my life. And I think it's a it's a it's a special responsibility to be a part of the Jewish community. And I recently we had a hearing I'm I'm chairing the, I'm the co chair of the House Bipartisan Task Force to Combat Anti Semitism, which is just enormously important because there's been such a rise of anti Semitism frighteningly across this country and around the globe. And being able to be part of a government that's put together a plan to combat anti-Semitism to make sure that the things we know happened in the past don't ever happen again is just enormously important to me. It's a real opportunity. And we had a hearing on anti-Semitism a couple weeks ago. And as I was introducing my remarks, one of the things that I just jotted down and then added to my remarks was that I carry on my shoulders the history of anti-Semitism, 2,000 years worth of history. I carry that on my shoulders every day. That's something that I feel an obligation to address for generation after generation after generation of Jewish people who had to confront anti-Semitism.
0: For someone who's looking to follow in your footsteps or they're growing in their career right now through cabinet, what advice would you give the current Hevray In order for them to leverage their experience to grow,
1: don't be afraid to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Try things in cabinet that might not feel comfortable to you because that's how you grow by pushing yourself out out of your comfort zone. And I am, you know, when I ran for Congress, I was so far out of my comfort zone, I, I had no idea whether I would be any good at it. But that being able to develop new skills, being able to Uh, create relationships with all kinds of different people, it's a way that you grow and you make your life fuller and you also accomplish things that you never thought you would accomplish. Also, being part of cabinet and being part of the organized Jewish community has allowed me to be part of really transformative things that I never would have been able to accomplish uh, on my own. And I use Operation Exodus as an example. Being part of the group of people who raised the money to to resettle two million Soviet Jews in Israel in and in the U.S. changed the face of Israel, changed the face of the U.S. And all you have to do is look at what um, Soviet Jews who came to the U.S. the impact they had on all the businesses they started, all the everything that they did in Israel. It's really changed the face of the world and by being on cabinet and being involved in the federation system, I was part of that transformation.
0: Do you feel like being involved in operation Exodus and what happened then gives you a greater appreciation for what's going on today with kind of Soviet Jewry and the Russia Ukraine war and what's happening?
1: Oh, absolutely. We, when, when the uh, Russia invaded Crimea, I was still involved in the federation system at that time. And and one of the first things that that the federation system did through our partner agencies was went in and helped get all the Jews who were living in the areas of Ukraine who were affected by that invasion, help them get out of harm's way. And we have done that in country after country. We've helped Jews who were in harm's way get out to safety and rebuild their lives.
0: It's amazing to hear all the things that you've done over your, your career, but one of my favorite questions to ask of any leaders is what you would define as success looking out over the next five years, whether that be personally, professionally, or for your community.
1: What I would define as success, that's a tough question. Uh, juggling all the different roles I, I have and trying to do it successfully, so being a good a good wife, a good mother, a good a daughter, uh, being good at my job in Washington and, and helping my, not only helping get things done, but helping my, my I have a wonderful staff, helping my staff develop, helping my constituents, trying to focus on the things I can do to help them uh, get what they need to to live successful lives. There are a lot of challenges and trying to juggle them all in Set priorities and stick with them. That's That would be success.
0: We always like to af- ask Haveray what some of their favorite Jewish traditions are. What are some of your favorite family Jewish customs that, that you value?
1: Well, it's probably not a very unique answer, but I love Passover. That is probably uh, one of my favorite Jewish holidays because we all gather around the Seder table. We do our own unique version of the Passover Seder. The, all the foods that we eat, Passover I love. And one of our family traditions is we. I have a whole song book of Broadway tunes that I and others have written Passover-related lyrics to. And I always find that that is the most fun part of the Seder that everybody participates in when we sing all those Broadway Passover songs.
0: I love that my my family the tunes are not so good, so we might not steal that tradition from you we We, we gotta keep the tunes very basic um, <laughs> so if someone listening you know one one of the most incredible things about being Jewish about cabinet is the network and the people you know, people are interested in helping fellow people that are doing amazing work. You're in a position of great power right now. If someone listening is interested in engaging in the work that you're doing with Congress or what you're doing in the Jewish community around anti-Semitism, what's the best way for either Hevray or alumni or someone listening to this podcast to engage with the work that you're doing and be involved?
1: If people want to get involved in advocacy for to, to, Im, to influence how their members of congress vote or the kinds of bills that they bring lobbying your congress people is something that uh, the jewish community has has become pretty good at and you know meeting with meeting with members of congress i think is very impactful and getting involved supporting the members that you think share your values is another way that you can be very impactful because Uh, Elections matter. And making sure that the people who share your values are the people who get elected has an enormous impact, as we've seen um, over the past 10 years, as, as we've seen an assault on, for example, women's reproductive rights and assault on so many of the issues that we care about that are really have been at risk over the past couple of years. So that's for people who just want to influence policy. For people who want to run for office, I encourage them to do so. And whether it's at the local level or the statewide or national level, we need really good people, smart, dedicated people who are doing it for the right reason to run for elected office.
0: I would also add that we met at the Washington Conference, which was put on uh, through Cabinet. So that was actually how we met. And I'll also add, I want to be very clear, that while you're involved with politics and you serve a specific party th- this is very much a bipartisan message I think you know cabinet is not a political organization this is all about how you get involved how you can make a difference and how you can advocate for your values so I think that's really important that that's what we're talking about what we share and and what we espouse as a Jewish community I wanted to touch on one other brief uh, topic you mentioned that you're from Detroit you may or may not know that we have our cabinet, Annual retreat coming up, and it's actually in Detroit this year. So I don't know how much time you've spent going back to Detroit, but I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about your experience with the Detroit Jewish community and if there's anything we need to look out for while we're in Detroit or make sure to see.
1: The Detroit Jewish community is an amazing, wonderful Jewish community. I was just there two weeks ago. I have a lot of family that's still there, including my parents, my sister brother-in-law, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncle, cousin. I have lots of family there. I go there regularly. And I don't know exactly where the conference is taking place. There are lots of wonderful things to see in Detroit. And um, I haven't been to Greenfield Village in many, many years, but that was, if, if you care about uh, the car industry, you can't grow up in Detroit without caring about the car industry. That's a, that's a great place to go.
0: Absolutely. And, and I guess the one last question before we, we kind of wrap up the interview, thinking about Detroit, thinking about North Carolina, kind of post-industrial cities, this is a, uh, something that i personally very passionate about being in Baltimore and seeing what you guys have done in the research triangle and some of the things coming out of North Carolina. I was just curious, what are the big things you're seeing shaping change in some of these areas of the country that we have a lot of cabinet people that are, you know, from kind of these communities that are post-industrial communities and where the investments are kind of making the most scalable, effective change from an economic growth perspective?
1: So the area that I represent is an area that was a big manufacturing center, textile manufacturing and furniture manufacturing were the mainstays of the economy in, my, in, in Greensboro and High Point for a hundred years. And many of those jobs in the late 1990s, early 2000s went overseas. So our area has worked very, very hard to rebuild the economy, and we've had some real success over the last couple of years. And that has been in bringing bringing in advanced manufacturing. Some of it is clean energy manufacturing. We have a new Toyota electric battery factory that's being built adjacent to my district that was really the result of uh, people in, in the Greensboro area across North Carolina. We have some, a lot. we have HondaJet, which is a, a company, the, the headquarters of HondaJet that's in Greensboro. Lots of advanced manufacturing. We also have a lot of chip manufacturers. So, Bringing back manufacturing, but advanced manufacturing, and in a, and innovation is helping our economy in my area, and that requires education. And I've got ten colleges and community colleges in my district, and we not we need people not only who have higher level education, but we also need uh, workers who have the kinds of skills that you don't develop in high school, you have to have post-secondary education. So investing in apprenticeship programs and career and technical training programs, those are all things that are critically important to the economy in my area.
0: Representative Manning, I could talk to you all night. I know that you have a a press schedule and I want to be respectful and we're so thankful for your time. But as we wrap up the interview, you know, this podcast, we aim to highlight people who've gone through the cabinet program, how it shaped them and want to inspire other people to get involved, engaged and participate and make the most of their experiences. Is there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with the people listening?
1: Sure. Sure. Cabinet, for me, was absolutely life-changing. I would not be where I am today were it not for what I learned and the people I met in Cabinet, the skills I developed, and the way it opened up the broader world to me. So for those of you who are thinking about it, I, I encourage you to take part in Cabinet. It's an enormous learning growth opportunity.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been so insightful, and we appreciate your dedication to our community, to the U.S. in terms of spending your time and efforts trying to help uh, the community that you serve and the community at large and the Jewish community, and what, a, what an amazing representative of cabinet uh, and of our people. So thank you so much for your time, and I hope everyone listening was inspired and found this this helpful as always.
1: Thanks so much, Zach. Three things to try when you're in Detroit. Werner's ginger ale, Sanders hot fudge, Coney Island hot dogs.
0: Okay. Everybody take notes and we're excited to see you all in Detroit soon. Thanks so much.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Through the zooms and the frozen time, leaders step up to change lives.